The Detroit Tigers win a ball game. Losing streak snapped. Win the series finale against the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, the kids came to play. Hit a couple of big home runs. A lot of homers hit from both teams in this game, actually. We're going to talk about it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, September 8th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Vroom. With Vroom, you can buy a car entirely online and have it delivered straight to you, so you never have to go to a dealership ever again. So, next time you need to go to buy a car, just grab your phone, go to Vroom.com, and check out thousands of great cars. Okay, the Detroit Tigers win a ball game by a score of 5-4 to four on Wednesday afternoon. Nice little mid-afternoon game. None of that uh, late-night nonsense anymore. Uh, really, I, I mean, it, it was an entertaining game to watch, which can't be said about too many uh, ball games in the Detroit Tigers season this year. However, uh, it was we're, we're going to talk about the, the positives because there is some positives in this game. And I don't just want to be Mister Drag My Feet and and be negative all the time. Uh, but it, it's almost like we'll just get this out of the way early. It's almost like they. I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like even when they. An offensive explosion for this team is five runs. That's that's the point I'm trying to get across. When everything was going right offensively, we had like season performances from like Eric Haas had a five-hit day. Torkelson went yard. The two rookies went back to back. Like, even when everything's going right, we have 13 hits. And three walks. We had 16 base runners. We still only scored five runs. And how many home runs did we hit? Four. (laughs) Right? Like this team is so unbelievably terrible with runners in scoring position and, and just hitting with runners on base, period. That with 16 base runners... They scored five runs on four solo shots. If you take out the four solo homers, you scored one run on 12 base runners. That's tough. It's real tough. So when you do play, and they kept talking about how hot it was again, I almost lost my mind again. Not going to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) God, got a lot, lot of comments about that one, but... It's just, it's remarkable to me. It it truly is how this team, even when they find the long ball for a day and they're hitting a lot of home runs and and they have a power surge, like who they are doesn't actually go away. Like they're still them. They still are leaving an ignorant amount of runners on base. They're still not able to drive in anyone that gets on. 
And thankfully, we ran into some long balls in this one. There is a lot of good to go over. I just wanted to get that out of the way at the beginning uh, because, uh, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just really remarkable to me how how this team operates and watching them every day. You're like, wow, this is different, but it's not. (laughs) Five runs, like I said, five runs is like a huge offensive performance for this team. Five runs is not the moon to most teams. Now, we do have a lot of good to talk about, however. So we got that out of the way. Eric Haas, easily, if you if you were given out a player of the game, easily the player of the game goes five for five with a home run and two doubles. Incredible stuff. First five-hit game of his career. First four-hit game of his career. Uh, nonetheless, five. Really, really impressive. I, I think the biggest thing with him is when he is on, he is staying on top of and hitting sliders. Like that's like the, 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 the that's what carries him over the top. That that's what takes him over the, 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 the edge. What, what am I, what analogy am I trying to say right now? That's what gets him over the edge. Yeah. That that's what, um, like when he hits that next level, that's what he does. And, uh, there's a lot of times when he struggles with sliders and when he struggles with breaking balls, and that's when he gets into ruts. But when he is on, he is hitting breaking balls well. And he always pretty much hits fastballs well. So really, really solid performance from Hasi. Uh Javi Baez goes one for four with a walk, miraculously. And uh, got picked off there, but was sound defensively. And uh, <laughs> was sound defensively. And, and drew a walk and got a hit, got on base a couple of times. We'll take it, I guess. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, that's what I want to talk about. So this was a very weird game for me, watching Torque and like trying to break down what he was doing because this was a tale of two plate appearances. <laughs> I thought his first two plate appearances, he looked great. He looked great. The home run at bat was phenomenal worked account well found a pitch to attack on sent it to the moon absolutely crushed it 435 feet or something like that to dead center great ab right first at bat got into a little bit of a hole was able to be patient enough to, to to still draw walk out of it great great plate appearance the last two i thought we went back to the old torque and he still worked account in the third plate appearance, I believe it was. He still worked a full count, I think, or, or close to at least. But it's very much the same old being too passive to the point where you are backing yourself into a hole. You are creating a situation in which you, you want to work the count. That's great. But you also don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're forcing yourself to then swing at the pitcher's full count pitch because sometimes it'll be out of the zone and you're a very passive hitter so far so you will draw your walks but also you don't want to get into a situation where where a, a pitcher goes okay well it's a full count I'm throwing my best pitch you, you, you don't want to always face their best pitch I guess is what I'm trying to say it, it's just a a I know we we, we like people that that 
work counts and I love people that draw walks. I love plate discipline. There's a difference between plate discipline and being just passive. Those are two very different things. And I, again, I thought in the first two plate appearances, he had really good ABs, really good plate appearances, I guess, because one of them was a walk. But in the second two, I, I thought we went right back to it. And the strikeout especially just was taking pitches that were caught too much of the plate and like a good hitter could really make good contact on, but we're toward the outside of the dish and then force yourself to, to swing at that cutter slider thing that that was out of the zone and, and you swing through it and you had good timing on it, but you, you just missed the pitch. So that's the, the, the gray area that he is trying to work himself out of is just not not being passive, but still keeping that good plate discipline that he has. You don't just want to take to take. You want to take the bad pitches and swing at the good ones. Could have explained that just by saying that, I guess. But um, I think the only other players I want to talk about are Carpenter and Kreidler. So we'll do that right after I tell you all about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here to segment two of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. So let's get to the rest of the offense, I guess. Yeah, let's go with the rest of the offense. Let's finish that up. That makes sense. I don't know why I even thought about that. That's like obviously the thing to do here. Kerry Carpenter, Ryan Kreidler, both Homer. The both homer late, both homer in the ninth inning, went into the ninth, down a run, Kreidler and Carpenter back-to-back. Carpenter first, Kreidler second, back-to-back solo homers to give us a one-run lead, and then we'll we'll get to the bullpen and uh, Gregory Soto closing the door there in the ninth. But the thing with... I don't want to just keep repeating myself with Ryan Kreidler because I don't think that that's like great analysis, but I'm not sure how else to articulate it. I just continue to be impressed by his at-bats, and I continue to think that he's taking professional ABs, and they're not all the prettiest at-bats in the world, and they're not all the most productive. He's not getting on base every time. He has a 211 average since being called up. He has a 694 OPS after hitting the homer, and you know that's a week's worth of at-bats or whatever, but I'm just highlighting that the, the the production isn't fantastic so far, but I love him as a nine hitter for like a good team. I think he has the potential to be a really solid nine hitter for a good team just because of how how professional his at-bats are and, and how he makes pitchers work and, and he's aggressive at the right times, I think. And it's just a matter of getting the timing down and really being able to then capitalize on the mistakes more than instead of just making hard outs make hard at bats that lead to you getting on base sometimes that's the next step in development but great home run first career homer uh, as a go-ahead homer in the ninth can't ask for too much more than that on the road and then Kerry Carpenter really solid you know he's uh 
it, it's really is swing, no pun intended, swing and miss. Like he, he really is a, a guy who from at bat to at bat just looks not like night and day. It's not like, oh my goodness, like in the last at bat, he didn't even look like a major leaguer and now he looks like Barry Bonds. Like it's not quite that dramatic and I don't want to make it out to be, but there is certainly some decisions he makes and some at-bats that he has from like, wow, he just, that did not look good. He kind of got overpowered there. And then he'll have three or four in a row where I'm like, all right, this dude is is probably an everyday player on this team and and should be, I want him to play every day regardless. But, you know, it, it it's just, it's, it's, it's very, I don't want to say unique because a lot of young players go through that, but it's just a step in development. It, it's something that's very clear to me that really on an at-bat to at-bat basis, or at least a few at-bats and a few at-bats together, you're getting different uh, confidence levels in the dish, in the, in the box maybe, or uh, just, just very different looks of how the, at, the at-bats have been going. So I really, really enjoyed him today. I thought that he had a very, very solid game. Uh, the home run was obviously a great, piece of hitting but even besides the home run I I thought all of his at-bats were pretty solid the the strikeout maybe not but that's fairly obvious um but I mean even even the strikeout I I I thought they were competitive at-bats they were professional at-bats and and he got the better of the Angels in half of them so really really solid game from Kerry Carpenter and yeah just a cool little moment there at the end you know I I've been whining about the fact that we haven't anything cool in in ages happen to this team and we finally have something cool we're losing going into the ninth and the two rookies that have been called up in in the span of the last like two weeks three weeks go back to back and and give us a lead and give us a win that's an awesome moment that that should be talked about that is beyond cool and and a and a just a sliver of of hope and and a lot of people will say that that sliver of hope is even me being an optimist. That probably doesn't – this sh- doesn't move me. It doesn't change the opinion of the season or of the future. It's one game, but it's still objectively a really cool moment in a season when we haven't had very many. So just uh, a fun ball game to watch there, especially at the end. Well, the beginning of the end. The top of the ninth inning was fun. The bottom of the ninth got the job done, but – Always, uh, always stressful. It seems like let's go to, let's go to Drew Hutchinson, shall we? Because what you say it with me, you are never out of a Drew Hutchinson start. That's a fact. His ERA is four Oh eight. He went four innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, three K's, not his best start. His last few have certainly been a lot better than this one. Uh, but I'll tell you, he had 10 whiffs in four innings. That's a really solid number. He had nine between the four-seam fastball and the slider alone, which is pretty much all he threw. Uh, 72 pitches. I, I mean, it, it was a uh, uh, – look, it wasn't the most efficient outing. He threw 84 pitches and couldn't even get in, into the fifth inning. They're only through four. I mean – what are we talking about? Like that's a, that for, again, this is Drew Hutchinson and this dude continues to give you four, five, six solid innings and keeps you in ball games. And I mean, even in this start, we still had one, two, three, four, five relievers go out there. That's not a sustainable thing for a month left in the season. So 
we're going to need some innings. And, and Drew Hutchinson continues to be the dog and, and just uh, really, really, he's the dog. He's just the man. Uh, I'm very uh, tip of the cap to Drew Hutchinson and, and we'll definitely be praising him in the offseason grades uh, that we're going to give out after the season ends as well because he certainly deserves it. In the bullpen for this one, um, was there anything else with Drew? Sorry, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like the uh, the, the slider, I thought was was really effective. Like some of the best that it's looked. Uh, he, he was getting called strikes on it. He was getting whiffs on it. It was a really solid pitch. Four seam fastball is strictly a a setup slash try and paint it to get soft contact type of pitch for him. Uh, and uh, he did that effectively. Like it got fouled off a lot, which means that it's doing its job. Drew Hutchinson's not going to get 15 whiffs on his, uh, on his four seam fastball. Like it, it's very much a setup pitch like that. So um, yeah, shout out Drew Hutchinson, the dog. All right, let's get into the bullpen and then we'll wrap this one up. Uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Uh, let's talk about the bullpen. Will Vest in this one pitched, one inning, two hits, one earned run, but struck out the side uh, very much. A We had three people strike out the side in this game, uh, but all of them gave up hits while doing so. Two of them, only, only one of them gave up runs. All three gave up hits, but but three people did technically strike out the side. I guess that's a big debate in like the baseball community. Is striking out the side, striking out the side in order? Or is striking out the side just getting three strikeouts in any inning, no matter what happens in between? It's a big de- that, that's been a, a big debate in my lifetime, whether uh, w- which one is which. Needless to say, that's not the right transition. Uh, regardless, that's what I meant to say. Will Vest, uh, you know what? The said it a billion times and I I really I know this is September and we've seen these dudes for months it's really hard for me to not like we know what these dudes are I talk about this team every single day we know what these dudes are and it's hard for me to find different ways to articulate maybe the the same analysis Will Vest very good stuff right Eight whiffs in an inning. Remarkable, right? That's that's incredibly good. But two hits and an earned run in there as well. And one of them was hit like well over 100 miles an hour. One of, one of the uh, pitches he gave up was smoked. So like when he's not hanging stuff and, and he also walked a batter, when he's not, when, when the command is there and he's hitting his spots, he is very, very good. Does this sound familiar? with like half of our bullpen, to be honest with you. Uh, but that's something that he certainly still needs to work on. ERA is three, six, four um, on the season. Jason Foley, one inning, one hit, no runs, no walks, three Ks, uh, 17 pitches, 11 of them, the sinker. I like how he's starting to throw a little bit more of the non-sinker. Like he, I mean, four sliders and two changeups is not like an incredible amount of secondary stuff, 
But in comparison to what we were used to him for a majority of the, the of the season here, it's been like it's usually almost all sinker and then maybe one slider or like one slider, one changeup. The last two or three outings, he's kind of mixed in more of the secondary stuff, and I really like that. ERA back down to three two five. Also struck out the side. His sinker is just such an effective pitch. Struck out Mike Trout on a sinker low and in. That was just textbook. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, and and that's why I, I love his pitch mix so much is because that sinker moves so much that it is a, a really good called strike pick pitch. It is a wor- – geez, I can't speak. It's a really good called strike pitch. It is a really good swinging miss pitch, and it's also a really good ground ball pitch. It, it is effective in all three facets of, of how you break down a, a pitch, and that's why I love it. And I, I think I'm really big on Jason Foley going forward. Andrew Chafin, uh, one inning, one hit, one run, no walks, one K, the run obviously being the home run. Um, that's a couple rough-ish outings in a row, but really he made one mistake. Like it wasn't a, a catastrophic inning. It was just he made one, made one bad pitch, and the rest of it was solid. And that's been the theme for a lot of players this entire series. Really on the mound, um, what well, was a pretty it was a pretty ugly and brutal series. So, uh, whatever. We'll, we'll move on. He's still, I mean, two eight five ERA. He's still one of the best relievers in. Uh, not only our team, but in the entire division, he he's very good at his job. Not going to look too much into it. Uh, if the remainder of the season goes well, Jose Cisnero pitches in this one. And I thought that this was the first time I've seen Jose Cisnero pitch since coming back from the injury this year, where I actually felt like this is the Jose Cisnero. I remember, which is a big deal to me because it wasn't always it hasn't been like that. I, I haven't been able to say that, but I was very impressed with Jose Cisnero. I really like the sinker. I thought it was a very effective pitch. Uh, I thought that the slider, he only threw it twice, but it was mixed in perfectly to where in the situations that he did throw it in. And the fastball was a really good setup pitch. And that's all it needs to be still not getting the whiffs that maybe he, he did in, in years past, but uh, the velocity was back up to where it usually-ish sits or where we're somewhat used to seeing it. I I liked it. And he got hit hard a couple of times, like undoubtedly. Like I'm not trying to say that this was a masterclass performance. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, this was the first time that I saw him pitch. And I was like, hey, this is like kind of what it used to feel like when Jose Cisnero was on the mound. I don't know. I, I, I liked what I saw out of him. And then... The, the most dramatic for last. Gregory Soto, one inning, one hit, one walk, three Ks. Um, the most Gregory Soto outing you could possibly imagine. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so on brand. Like, it's so on brand. He strikes out the two best players in Major League Baseball. Like he, he, to start off the inning, he gets himself to, Hey, you're going to have to close this game down. You're up one. And the first two hitters are Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. He strikes both of them out. You have bases empty, two outs, and you're getting into like 
Ranjifo, and, and Tyler Ward. You get through the two big ones, and then you start collapsing, and you make it interesting, and you have to walk somebody, and then you have to give up like a like like a pretty hard hit ground ball, and it's just it's just so on brand. And we'll have like the the Gregory Soto conversation again, and the offseason we're going to do player grades for everybody. We will have the conversation. Don't you worry. Uh, in depth, but. It's just, it's something that everybody sees every game and it's, it's remarkable. Not in a, not necessarily in the most positive connotation, but it's just like without fault. It just can't be easy. It can't be easy for him. He he throws a hundred with movement and yet like no outing is ever just like an easy breezy one. Like something always has to happen. And his save percentage is still going to be good. And that's what people are going to point to. And it's just, man, I'm so, I'm honestly, I'm tired of it. But there's no avoiding it either. So here we are. Um, I think that's it. I think that's it. I, I mean, like solid ball game to watch. Like objectively as a Tigers fan, if you were not a Tigers fan, this was an enjoyable ball game to watch with some fun theatrics, two of the best players in the game, in my opinion, the two best players in the game, and then followed up by late game dramatics. The home team makes a run at it late, gets the go-ahead run on base. Like th- there, was a, there was a lot of uh, theatrics in this one, and uh, from, from start to finish, really. A lot of home runs. That's always like fun to watch. It was, a, it was an enjoyable baseball game to watch. So, um, yeah, well, and, and we won, we won a ball game. We won a ball game. So we have the day off tomorrow. We'll, uh, we, I need to really guarantee that something's going to happen for, for Friday's show, but uh, we, it should be a fun show. Should be cool. And then this weekend we have Kansas city and then who we can't beat. And then we have Houston. Chicago White Sox, Baltimore, Chicago White Sox, Kansas City, Minnesota, Seattle. That's the remainder of the schedule for the season. Um, you know, it, it's <laughs> like the Royals are the are, are clearly the worst team left, but we can't beat the Royals. We just lost to them 12 to 2 on Saturday and then dropped two of three to them. We dropped two of three to pretty much anyone, everyone these days. That's not really, I, I guess, new, but. This is not a – I would not expect a turnaround as far as the wins go in the remainder of the season. Now, keep playing the kids. Keep playing the kids. It's more fun. It makes sense. It's better for the organization. Do it. Play the kids. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team of experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into the one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search for the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, that's all I got. We'll be back tomorrow. Off-day things. Yeah, peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then. Go Tigers, baby.